it should take you one sentence to describe your pricing. David, I charge 200 an hour. That was one sentence. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser. Where we teach you to salon differently. If you are still using a front desk in your salon, it may be time to future-proof your business with Aura Salonware. Aura allows you and your team to check clients out from any device. That means there's no need for a front desk or front desk overhead. What's even more amazing is that clients can check themselves out using the Aura app from their own device. With Aura Salonware, you can finally let technology streamline your business. Start removing your front desk today by visiting aurasalonware.com slash DTH to receive special discounts and promos. Are you exhausted trying to get your team to understand the cost of product use? Let's jump into the future with SalonScale. Have more proactive conversations with real numbers that can help create less waste. SalonScale software is a pro stylist app that gets your team educated on the real costs of doing business. SalonScale is a great solution for wasting less color and making more profit. Visit salonscale.com slash DTH and use code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off. So this is this episode's gonna be kind of fun because we don't do a lot of like salesy, like how do you make money instantly yeah, yeah. and how to but I there are some of our methods that are instant, in my opinion, they're instant profit generators. Yeah. And I would say the first one is removing the front desk. Mm-hmm. When there's a difference between just removing the front desk because Well, we are 26 seconds in and you just like hit them with that. Well, <laughs> I love it. Continue. Well, I have other methods I want to get to. <laughs> but removing the front desk, I think when people hear us talk about that, their their thoughts like, but why? You know, like, yeah. why? But I think a lot of people can't wrap their head around it. But what I think is funny is that no one can wrap their head around the concept, but yet everyone's okay paying the front desk more than the owner. Mm-hmm. And that I don't fully understand. So most of the time, if you own a salon and you're paying for someone to sit there, whether it's one person, two people, three people, um, and their job is really just kind of micromanage the front area. It's not that that job isn't worth money. The The problem that we have with it at DTH is that when I ask the salon owner how much they make... It's nothing. And it's not... Or, or they're like, I haven't paid myself in six months. Or like, I just make commission off yeah. of the hair I do or, you know, whatever it is. And then you're yeah. like, how much do you pay f- all your support staff? And it's like sixty to eighty thousand a year, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Well, wouldn't it make sense to remove those people, to remove that, and let technology take over?" That's- and then you give yourself a salary of sixty to eighty. Yeah, that is when we say instant money. I mean, it, it's not that it's easy, but that's how fast mm-hmm. some people's lives can change. And I've met a lot of salon owners that will just keep working to pay a support team, to keep working to pay a support team. It's working. exhausting, and it's it's a cycle that like. It, it has to end. I, I think it gets to the point where then the salon owner is becoming more of being a reactive hairdresser than being a leader for the team. And then the collective vessel of the team, I mean, it always ends in a walkout. And the reality is it's like support staff isn't a rule that you, <laughs> I don't know who decided like, if you open a salon, you have to have support staff. Right. And you have to have that. It's, it's more of a luxury and an unnecessary one, honestly. And I think that's what happens is like, they're like, well, we have to have this and we have to have support staff and we have to do this. And I I see so many saloners just like crash and burn when they, okay, well, when you get into coaching, we look at everything and we're like, you can't afford a front desk. Sorry. 
Yeah, I mean, most, not only is it a method that we remove for so many other reasons, but it became but, a method mm-hmm. mostly. It's like, if, I'm like you can't afford your manager. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> for you. And a lot of a lot of salon owners are very emotional of like, but I love them, or I can't live without them, or they do so much. And it's like, yes, but you you're not profiting. <laughs> yeah. Like this is. And Why again, did you go into business? <laughs> and again, if the salon owner is not profiting, the business is not yep. sustainable. So removing the front desk is a big one, and I. Even though it's controversial, or we obviously have a whole method, a whole all of our methods lead into everything. For the sake of the podcast, like there is more to it. But like, I don't got time. But get a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Book a discovery call if you want to learn more. Whatever excuse you have for not doing it, we've already dealt with. That. Yeah. So like, don't even. <laughs> and don't even try. all of our salons don't have front desks, and they're thriving. I think the removing the front desk situation has always been. And for those of you that are listening that are part of the front desk team, <laughs> it's we love you. It's not that it's support not staff personal. isn't incredible. <laughs> it's just if your salon owner isn't a financial place to it, it like like I said, it's a luxury. Like you need to build the business up to be able to afford people. We wanted to hire support staff years ago, but our business wasn't in a place to do that. And we had to continue to work and build the wealth of our business so that we could have support staff. And then that support staff was able to help grow our business even more. Yeah, if it's pay support staff or pay your mortgage. I mean, it's pretty clear to me. <laughs> so that would be, if you want to make instant money, and if you're if you're someone who doesn't have a salon yet and you're opening one, to not even implement the front desk, you're not going to see instant money, but you're not going to have to deal with the loss. Like a lot of salon owners that do that. It. I don't know why... Uh, also with salons, I have this image in my head that, you know, the front desk is kind of a reactive thing. Like, of course we have front desk. All salons have front desk. And every salon has problems with the front desk. And of course we have to have a giant chandelier. And of course we have to use this a ugly, coffee maker, ugly granite countertop. A mini fridge and all these things. And of course we have to buy all these. I'm like, I have told so... It's like they saw it and then they were like, well, that's... Okay, yeah. now that's what a salon looks like and that's what I have to do. I'm like, you could have opened a salon for at least 20 grand less if you were just, you know. It's the chandeliers for me. I don't <laughs> I don't know if it's because I worked in Florida for too long and like every salon had a chandelier. And it, like the big, the like the more fancy the salon, the bigger mm-hmm. the monstrosity of a, of a chandelier. And I know people listening are laughing because they have one. So the front desk is one way to, something to remove to make instant money. The other is obviously retail. Mm-hmm. And again... If you know us, you know we talk about removing retail quite often. Mm-hmm. Stocking retail is like, I mean, the conversations we've had with salon owners where we're like, how much money is on that shelf that you invested to put on that shelf to collect dust, to pay someone to dust it, to count it? It just... To reorder it. To reorder it. For what? And then you have to pay sales tax. You have to pay your team. You have to pay to restock it. You have to pay the person to take care of it. And it's just like at one point we're like, what if we remove the whole middleman, which is your salon and the shelves, and you just did an affiliate link and allowed everyone to make 25 to 50% pure profit? Yeah. Now I'm hearing about 50% commissions, and I'm like, it, that's incredible. Retail commissions. Retail commissions. It's incredible. I mean, if you got 10 in a salon, you were th- thrilled. I, I have so <laughs> many things to say. Number one, <laughs> when you re- there's a couple of reasons why this is instant money. If you remove the retail shelves, can you put stations there? Because if so, that's instant money. Mm -hmm. 
let's say you can't put station. I love when people are like, well, we have a retail, uh, we have a retail section, but you can't put a station there. It's like, that's okay. That's just one aspect of mm-hmm. removing retail. But the other is that you're still not making money, whether there's a station there or not, because of the way that retail has been set up for salons. You just don't make money off of the turnover. So switching to affiliate links, mm-hmm. another instant way to make money, right? Yeah. And, Especially with social media. You have absolutely. I mean, I make money with my affiliate links on people that I don't even know. I've never spoken to. Well, you just got access to TikTok, TikTok shop, TikTok, mm-hmm, shop. which is another form of affiliate. But obviously, I do use Hair Story. You know, there's other ones that we've promoted, and I think when it comes down to it, it's like, oh, I have like a whole other source and stream of income. When I look at like my downstream, I'm like, I don't know these people. I mean, I did a tutorial. They liked the product. They bought it from my link in bio. And that goes beyond just a client in a chair buying a product. Yeah. Can you tell people more about TikToks? I mean, I'm still playing with it, but you do get commissions based on what the um, product company wants you to get. So it's decided through them. Obviously, TikTok takes a cut. You host it on your feed. So rather than doing like a link in bio, if you're using the products, you you connect them there and, and the audience can just purchase them. And I've had people just purchase them. How many followers do you have to have to be able to do it? Um, I know everything started opening up for me at 10,000. But after that, I don't know what the specifics were for having TikTok shop. It just popped up and was like, you have access. I was like, all right. And that was when I hit 30,000. So 30,000 followers. Followers. Damn. That's a lot of followers. I know. So My goal is to get to 100K by the end of the year. <laughs> so removing retail is one, removing the front desk is one, and the other one is obviously streamlining your pricing. Mm-hmm. So, like, when was the last time you gave yourself a raise? I don't even want to go there because <laughs> they didn't. And now a word from our sponsors. What if you could still give your clients great hair with less products? What if that product line made you money with less inventory on the shelves? What if that product line was also made with gentle ingredients, is biodegradable, and the packaging is refillable? All this may seem impossible, but with Hair Story, it is possible. Hair Story is a brand that is equal parts mindful as it is great hair. Give your clients amazing products while filling your bank account with extra cash. Ready to try new wash for free? Visit hairstory.com DTH to get pro access today. You know how many people get pissed when we say, you should give yourself a raise. I got a message. We both got a message this morning from someone. Oh, I didn't. I haven't checked. Oh, yeah, you did. You responded. I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was thinking of a mean message that was like, fuck off. Oh, no. We don't I know. Someone those. sent us a screenshot. Someone yep. sent us a screenshot of quotes of Facebook pe- groups. Yeah. Facebook groups, which are always a cringe. And. W- it was. I'm not. I'm not going to get into specific, specifics. So I don't want to like call anyone out. But essentially, a group of people that share ideas about how they should do pricing. I have a rule. If it takes more than three sentences to describe your pricing, it's not a good. It's not good. It's. I mean, I too, think less than that. It's way too complicated. It should take you one sentence to describe your pricing. David, I charge two hundred an hour. That was one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it should be beyond that. I was reading. Or look I, at the menu. <laughs> I literally was reading this post and I responded to you. I go, I stopped reading because mm-hmm. I don't. If I was a client and someone started talking to me about that, I would be like, I got to get out of here. It was like, 
I have a membership and I have a, and with that membership, they can, if they book, they can get 10% off for the year if they book it for this. And I'm confused now because I don't know how to raise the prices of the membership. I'm confused. Because, and I'm just reading it like, <laughs> hairdressers make pricing so complicated. It is not that difficult. It's because every hairdresser feels unworthy of making money. I Every single one. We could stop the episode right now on that. <laughs> Every, and do another episode on that. <laughs> Every hairdresser feels unworthy worthy of making money. And so they... Why? 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 Like... I, I wish I knew. At some point... You, someone needs to study us. Someone needs to study hairdressers and like get to the root of... Is there like childhood trauma that happens and then there's something that flips the switch and then we're all like, we should be a hairdresser. Like what? What I, is the link? I think it's like... We were all raised by weird narcissistic parents, <laughs> and then we have to take care of everyone. For so as, we're like, let's go into a possible. service industry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's I think, oh yeah. I think Nursing. the same thing about nurses. Yeah, they're like I have to be honest. For all the nurses out there, how you take care of people and make no money, I do, there's no fucking way. I'm glad you're there. They make money eventually, way down the line. You know, it doesn't matter. You can't pay me enough to do some of the things but they have to do. It's still not enough. Yeah. I'm I just the the nastiness of dealing with people. Already, Absolutely yeah. no. So you're gonna talk about buttholes again? <laughs> uh, not today. I'm too tired. <laughs> but I feel like pricing could be so simple, and the more simple DTH makes it, the angrier people get. The the self hating hairdresser comes out in everyone, and. Hairdressers that think they shouldn't raise their prices are like gay people that think gay people shouldn't get married. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? Yeah. Like what? You're, this is not beneficial for anything, for, for anyone. Well, I just, you know, at some point, like you have to stop. If you're constantly complaining that you're not, you don't have money, there, there is a solution. I think that's, I think you nailed it. I think people are, fr- what happens when they have nothing to complain about? Yeah. What happens when they're wealthy? What happens when they don't have they're to work as hard? going to be a problem. I don't deserve this wealth. But I mean, like, what, people like, but that. The, the fear is not that they'll get it. The fear is, what do I do when I have it? I have it, and I'm successful. And then what? Then what? What happens when I have the house I want? When I have the job I want? When I have the team that I want? There's nothing to complain about. Mm-hmm. And we love. I love to complain. <laughs> so, it's going back to how to make money instantly. Streamline your pricing making your offer as clear as possible. And when you streamline your pricing, the reason it gets kind of scary is because you realize, well, I can't charge that. I got to charge more. Absolutely. That was yeah. that was true. Like that person's that message. Years like, ago. The problem that this person's having is that she doesn't know how to make more money with what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Because, and if you read and the message... And the mes- fear of changing what she's doing right. is what's blocking her. And like we've said over and over and over again, it's not clients that have a hard time with our pricing. Or with hourly pricing. It's hairdressers. hairdressers. So, clients love it. Clients and I think I love when there has been instances where we've had students and they're like, this one client doesn't like it. And I'm like, well, how are you talking about it? Because if you're not talking about any pricing system within confidence and also just saying, this is how you work with me. But also, I don't, Your hair is going to cost this many hours. I mean, it's that but simple. But because someone doesn't like it, what does that have to do with anything? I know. Then don't come here. If I don't like a song, I don't listen to it. It's not like... Can you imagine if I didn't like a song and I wrote the artist and I was like, um, <laughs> you... This song is not my favorite. Yeah. I'm going to have to ask you to redo it. <laughs> like, how stupid. <laughs> the artist is like, 
No. Fuck off. So I think there's the same thing with hairdressers. We got to get to this place of like, at some point you are in control of your business. Making instant money is just taking control where you haven't taken control before. Yeah. And I think... There's always a way to make more money. Always. I and we'll find it. I remember working with Coach Rachel, who was a student of mine for years. And my favorite story to tell about her is that she was charging $75 for a haircut mm-hmm. when I met her. And I said, I'm not going to work with you until, like, don't even sign up for coaching until you charge double that mm-hmm. an hour. Because she was also, like, there was so much going on financially in her business that, like, yeah. if she didn't do that, there's one, no way that she could have afforded coaching. coaching. And also, two, even without coaching, she was in a place to not being close to not being able to continue her business. And I remember thinking to myself... She did it that day. Uh, yeah, I remember thinking to myself, she's not going to do it. But at least I gave her my... That was that would be the... Whether she was a coach or not, that would be the advice I would give someone. And she did it that day and called me later and signed up. And now she's a coach and she charges $350 an hour. Mm-hmm. Kills in Carborough, North Carolina. Yep. So for those of you that are like, you can't charge that. In a major city. Yeah. Yeah, you can't charge that in a small town. Yeah, you can and people will pay for it. And I think getting to a place where you are confident in what you're off the 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 real trick to making money quickly and instantly is clarity and confidence and even if you're not confident because I don't think it's a requirement like this is what I do, this is what I charge. And I taught this in DTH level 1. I got it from Seth Godin, one of my favorite authors okay. and speakers. He said someone asked him like how do you clarify your brand or like your business or whatever. And he goes, very simple. People like us do things like this. <laughs> and it and like that statement. I mean, if you didn't just describe DTH, I don't know what. Yeah, people like us do things like this, right? And so if you ever want to know like how to get your business to a clear place, just clarify who you are and how you do it. And that's it. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. When you have that mentality and that mindset of like, wait, you create your revenue. I create mine. Right. Right? I'm in charge of mine. It's my company. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help support your growth for your own profit and your own revenue. And then we're going to do the same thing for me. 